This week, we will be hearing from a type four. What a treat to speak with Elizabeth Bennett of Enneagram Life about the uniqueness of this Enneatype. And if you're wondering, no, I'm not referring to Jane Austen's Elizabeth Bennett, but I am referring to someone who does relate to being original and a romantic and is an expert in all things Enneagram. The type four is our true individualist. They are sensitive, emotionally honest, and whimsical. If you know a type four or have ever met one, you would be impressed by their authenticity and ability to be true to who they are. Because of their need to be unique and special, they can have trouble with being self-conscious and self-indulging. At their best, they are honest, compassionate, and creative. Listen as we break down some of the key aspects of the Enneagram as they pertain to the individualist. You will love hearing Elizabeth's real-life examples as we discuss the strengths and the struggles of a type 4. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here with me today on the podcast. I'm really excited to talk to you and get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad to be your honorary four. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear more about a four and how life looks like for you in that way. But before we get started, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, sure. So um, I am in my mid-20s and I've been married for five years. We got married pretty young. Um, I have a son who is two years old, and I am currently expecting our second, which is a daughter, in August. Um, I live in Washington State. Um, I've lived here my entire life. Um, okay. I, I love it here. I always tell my parents they ruined me for any other climate. I can't do anything <laughs> that mild. Um, I, um, I was homeschooled K through graduation of high school, and I'm one oh, wow. of five siblings. Um, I'm okay. the second, <laughs> um, okay. and, and there's a pretty big gap, and then I have um, three younger siblings, um, which are all still at home. Um, they're 19 to 13. Oh, wow, okay. Um, so that was a pretty interesting dynamic, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. We grew up on a lot of acreage and um, oh, had a lot of time outside, and yeah, really, really loved growing up here and everything that that had c- came with. Um, I actually yeah. graduated high school at age 16. And okay. I went straight into cosmetology school. Um, okay. I became a licensed cosmetologist at 17, got my first job at 18 doing hair. And I did that oh. for three years. Um, it took me a while to figure out that that's not really what I wanted to do. Right. Um, the client, like I love the creative aspect of doing hair, but the cl- clientele base was just really difficult just dealing with people's Mm. expectations of what their hair could do and yeah there was a lot of it that I didn't like and so then I I worked in retail for a while I did a customer service job I went back to the beauty industry and did nails and then I always (laughs) knew when I had kids I was gonna stay home and so I'm just really glad that now that the Enneagram gets to be a part of that so that's really cool that's so great well cool and before we talk about the Enneagram we have to talk about your name Oh. Because <laughs> I I don't know if other people like pick up on that, but you are a four that some people call the romantic and your name is Elizabeth Bennett. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, it's so funny because people do mention it. Not as much as I think I, I thought people would. Right. Um, my name is spelled differently than the Elizabeth Bennett and they not stand if you want to get right. But um, when... <laughs> When um, I met my husband's family, because we both went to the same church together, my mom said something about like, oh, maybe they have a boy your age. And I was like, well, their last name is Bennett. <laughs> I do like that. 
<laughs> and so right. I always tell my husband that I fell in love with his last name before I actually fell in love with him. So <laughs> just happened to that's work funny. out. <laughs> right. Well, that's a, I think it's a perfect name for a type four. I think that's oh, great. Yeah, in a lot of ways it is. I do really love it. <laughs> that's cool. Well, tell me how you discovered the Enneagram. What was your journey with that? Yeah. So I think it was about three and a half, four years ago now. Um, my sister-in-law brought up the Enneagram to me because she knew I really liked personality tests and she mm -hmm. had just gotten the road back to you. And so okay. this was a couple weeks before my birthday and my mother-in-law ended up buying me the road back to you for my birthday. Mm -hmm. And it ended up, it, I think I did a couple of tests and my two tests came back as a three and a five. Okay. And both of those, I was like, maybe, but like neither one fit me really well. And I was like, Oh, maybe this just isn't as good as Myers-Briggs, whatever. <laughs> um, and then I started reading the book and I think, I think I actually did read through all of it before I came to the very startling realization that I was a four, okay. um, but it didn't take me too long. Like maybe within a week of getting that book, um, that's, where I found myself and right. started to make a lot more sense once I started learning about wings, learning that I was a five wing and how that tempers okay. my fullness. Um, yeah, so that made, that made a lot of sense to me. And thankfully I was able to get my husband really into it because mm -hmm. most people I talk to, uh, especially spouses, um, the spouse isn't into it very much. Right. And so thankfully my husband is, um, I think a lot of it is to a fault. He feels like his number is the best number in some ways. Um, he's a one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so like, we like to do things right. And we, we <laughs> like to have things be perfect. Like what's wrong with that? And I'm like, oh, right, there, right. there is a lot of things sometimes. I live with it. So. <laughs> um, That's funny. Yeah. So he got really into it. And um, slowly, a lot of our conversation was starting to get taken up by the Enneagram and I, I ended up leading a group of my family and then a group of like my church friends through the road back to you, helping them discover their mm -hmm. type and everything. So, yep, that's oh, cool. how, how I figured it out. Very, very cool. Okay, well, good. Well, let's talk a little bit about a type four. Um, I'm doing an episode on each type. And so I want to kind of park there for a little while and unpack what a type four is and the different aspects of a type four. Um, can you, I do a little intro at the beginning, but I would love for you to describe in your words what a type four is. Sure. Um, so the type four, as you pointed out, is commonly called the romantic or the individualist. Yeah. And that's because our motivation is um, authenticity. Um, and how I always explain that, because I think um, some people that are struggling with coming to the realization that there are four, they feel like authenticity is kind of a selfish motivation. Like I need to be me no matter what is going like that kind of thing, which isn't necessarily how I have experienced it. I've experienced it more as this pushing against being influenced. Mm -hmm. um, so fours get kind of a bad rap about not liking things that are popular. And right. I do understand <laughs> that. Like people say things like, oh, fours would never listen to Taylor Swift or, you know, things like that. <laughs> um, and I just find that it all really depends on if you found something yourself or if you learned about it when it was becoming popular. Um, so like I found out about Taylor Swift by myself when I was 11, I learned the knob could turn on my parents' very conservative radio, radio <laughs> set. Um, and that's how I was introduced to Taylor Swift. So I personally love Taylor Swift. I don't have any right. problem saying that, but you would never catch me dead wearing Hunter boots. Um, and so, uh. <laughs> and that's a very popular thing where I live. 
And a lot of it is because um, being introduced to it in a way that everyone was starting to wear them. I can't right. tell if I like them or if I'm being influenced into liking mm, them. Okay. And if I start to feel that, then I shun it completely. Like, right. oh, no, I don't want to be influenced. I don't want to be one of those people because that right. losing of who I am feels, would feel extremely tragic to me. Right. Um, because I think fours do, be, do really believe that God made each person for a very specific purpose and that we're not mm -hmm. all just supposed to become like each other or imitate right. each other in those ways. We all have our own unique things and fours get kind of caught up in looking for that, that uniqueness um, about right. themselves and making that a really big deal and calling other people's attention to it a lot of times. Um, some fours are a lot more wanting to be unique on the outside. Um, I think my five wing makes me want to be a lot more unique in like my knowledge. Right. And that area rather than like having crazy hair or anything like that. Right. Um, but one of the other probably biggest things about fours that people talk about, well, a couple of them, um, fours are known for being pretty creative. And I feel mm -hmm. like that goes hand in hand with being very, a uh, very emotional type. Um, right. So I usually I explain to people that every other type has somewhere to put their emotions, like whether it be a bottle or a backseat, a basement, they have somewhere that if they start <laughs> feeling uncomfortable, they can shove it. Um, mm -hmm. And fours don't have that luxury. For us, everything hits the windshield. Right. And that feels really horrible. <laughs> I can tell you mm -hmm. from firsthand experience, having right. to deal with everything as it comes, even though, I mean, if you talk to any counselor, psychiatrist, anyone, they would tell you that's the most healthy way to emote is right. to feel your feelings as they're coming and having to process them is right. the healthiest way. Um, yeah, I can tell you, I understand why people don't do that because it's really, really difficult and it feels yeah. really horrible. <laughs> um, and sometimes we're not processing them in the most healthy way, even when we do have to process them. Um, right. but yeah, that's something that's pretty unique to force for the most part is that, uh, moding, um, and then having those creative gifts. I have a lot of fours contact me cause I run a page for all four, for just fours as well as my mm -hmm. other page. And I have so many fours contact me and say, can I be a four if I don't like play music or like <laughs> I'm not a painter? And right. I'm like, yes, actually, yes. I'm horrible. I'm a horrible musician and singer, and I am not like creative artistically to save my life. Um, right. But just kind of um, helping fours explore the ways that they are creative. Like we all are um, highly creative, and it's kind of sucks that we get put in those two boxes. Like you have to do these couple but, things. Yes. I find um, like the way I dress being a creative art form. Um, cooking for me is a really big creative art. Um, I do a lot of writing. Um, graphic design is one way that I do a lot of creative things. And uh, right. to be honest, it's always changing. I always am finding something else. For yeah. a long time there, I was sewing a lot <laughs> there. Um, but yeah, I'm not traditionally what some people would call super creative, but I do find that all fours have something, something. Some outlet. Yeah. Yeah, some outlet. That's that's good. No, and I think that's important too because I get that question all the time. But I I think I'm identifying with a four, but I don't do anything artistic, and it's like they just automatically picture the person with the paint palette in their hand. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. I think that that's good for other fours to hear people that are trying to figure out what their type is and feel like they get boxed into that one trait. 
So that's really yeah. good. Um, you already mentioned um, a lot about the motivations and I like to start with that because for people that are listening that don't know a lot about the Enneagram, it's very important to understand that, that it's not just about your outward behaviors. What really matters is the motivation behind that. And so um, as you mentioned for a type four, it's being authentic, it's being unique, being original, and then also taking care of those emotional needs and as their motivation of the things that they do, why they do what they do and why they behave as they do. Is there anything you'd like to add to that? Um, yeah, I think that another part that people talk about fours a lot, which I think has a lot to do with their motivation is like the whole aspect of like melancholy and sadness. Mm -hmm. And I think for me as a four, when I feel um, melancholy or something hits me as especially sad, um, I feel this duty to honor those emotions mm, as something that's really okay. important. Right. Um, and to me, that ties into if I was to um, downplay something that happened that does feel very emotionally sad to me, um, I would feel like I was being inauthentic mm, or I was faking okay. something. Right. Um, and so fours, you tend to find that they are pretty comfortable with the emotion of sadness or um, melancholy, which is like the happiness of being sad. Um, and that right. way I would describe that as that's how I feel when I listen to sad songs. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's so beautiful that I'm, I feel happy, but it's right. sad. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so that's another thing that um, people point out about fours a lot is that being okay with the melancholy or sadness. And I think a lot of it just has to do with um, honoring, honoring those emotions that you feel and wanting to be authentic in them. Right. So you also said you're a five wing. I yeah. just want to talk a little bit about the differences of the two wings, just because um, I think that it helps people be able to identify where they're at or which wing they use more. So you said you're a type four wing five um, and you feel, I liked how you put that um, you see more of your authenticity or wanting to show authenticity inwardly with your knowledge. Um, and maybe a three wing would show it more outwardly with appearance, the way they dress or the things that they do on the outside. I thought that was a good way to put it. Um, do you ever see a three wing show up in certain situations or in different times in your life? Did you notice that more? Yeah, I definitely feel like as a child, I had a much stronger three wing. Um, part of it might be due to the fact that my mom is a three. And okay. so I think I felt pretty comfortable in being a lot more um, expressive and having that success oriented voice um, talking right. into me. I was uh, really into acting, doing plays as a little kid. So I was a lot more charismatic. Um, mm -hmm. And then once it got into more like college life and doing things on my own, I got a lot more quiet. And my mom always said, you were such an extrovert. And I'm like, no mom, I think I was just feeding off of you. Um, <laughs> because I think I've always been an introvert. Um, but then just finding that like, okay, what do I want to do here? Okay. I want to gain as much knowledge as I can and push through and be really low drama. And so that's right. what I did, um, right. in my schooling. Um, but I always tell people when it comes to wings, um, because what, what is most common is to have one dominant wing. Like you can, you right. can have both, you can have neither that happens, but it's pretty rare. And so having one dominant wing doesn't mean that you don't use the other one at all. It means you use right. it dominantly. So um, right. if I have to look at it, 
I definitely use my five wing the most. I probably have like 25 ish traits. And if you met me out on the street, you might think I was a five because I wear that one pretty well in public when I don't really want you to see the stuff that leads to my vulnerability and my motivation. I use that five a lot. And, um, but there are a couple things in me that are still very three-ish, like um, especially working with business or anything like that. I'm very marketing minded. Um, mm, okay. I pick up on social cues very well. Um, and um, I tend to be a pretty success oriented in those things. And I have to tell you, like, those are very loud traits <laughs> to me. Yeah. They can be kind of consuming, but when you look at it, it's only three traits. Right. And for the five wing, there's like 20 of them. Um, so right. I think people can get confused um, with the louder wings, like eight would be a louder wing, seven's a pretty loud wing, three is a pretty loud wing, um, that they think those are dominant because those wing traits are loud. Um, but if yeah. you actually put pen to paper and had to map out your traits of those two types, um, the quieter one actually might be more of your right and that's kind of how I how I found that in myself right yeah that's a good way to put it um let's talk a little bit about integration and disintegration um where we go under stress and when we're healthy um so a four like I mentioned before I'm connected to a four in my disintegration and so you're connected to a one in your integration and what does that look like for you? Can you give us some examples of when you see or when you feel that you're really in a healthy moment, really integrating and, and tapping into some of those healthy one traits? Yeah, I um, probably one of the biggest things to me, I can tell I am in a healthy, healthier season. I'm doing more growth work when discipline comes easier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. When I can choose things that I don't feel like doing and that comes easier to me. Um, right. and it's easier for me to tell my feelings, no, that's not logical. We need to <laughs> shut that down. Um, right. I also see it a lot because, um, so my husband is a one, which it is a really interesting dynamic being married to your growth number or your disintegration number, whatever, right. <laughs> whatever what happens to be the same. Um, right. so I, I see that, um, when I am struggling, I call it like emotionally spiraling. Um, that's what mm-hmm. happens sometimes. He can really help me just the way that he processes and speaks. Okay. Um, it's like you're listening to someone and you're like, I do not think like you, but I need to. Right. Um, and sometimes it's irritating and sometimes it's like a breath of fresh air. Like, oh, mm-hmm. that's right. Like, I don't have to be stuck in this. Um, right. So like, that's been really cool seeing him be able to help me just because he is that number that is helpful to me and that I'm right. more like, um, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, that's been really neat. Yeah. That's really cool. And so on the flip side, when you're under stress, um, let's talk a little bit about that. The four goes to a two. What does yeah. that look like for you? Oh, it's so, so painful. Um, (laughs) So I find so often that we don't realize we're in these stress seasons until we're out of it. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that the Enneagram has helped me with the most probably is being able to see these red flags in myself of being like, whoa, what is happening? I think I'm more stressed by this situation than I think I am. And this is how I'm coping. Um, But really what it looks like, because I go to two when I'm um, in stress, is it looks like 
relationships all of a sudden becoming extremely important. And all of a sudden I'll start thinking of someone I haven't spoken to in six months and be like, oh my gosh, they haven't spoken to me in six months. Mm -hmm. I wonder if something's wrong. I wonder if they don't like me anymore. I wonder what they're thinking about me. And it's like, I can't step back and see, well, I haven't contacted them in six months either. Like, I'm fine (laughs) with them. Um, But all of a sudden, any of those relationships that feel like there's like unfinished business or we're not quite as connected as we once were all of a sudden those relationships become pain pain points Mm. and it feels like I'm walking on eggshells and I just feel this huge drive to like push them away or pull them closer Mm -hmm. so if there was a friend that I haven't talked to in six months all of a sudden she gets a gigantic gift basket from me um (laughs) or I give her the silent (laughs) treatment and then two months later, she's like, oh, we haven't spoken. And I'm like, yeah, you didn't even notice. And I'm like, wait, what, what happened? Um, and it tends to go either way. And right. I, don't, I have a ton of control over that sometimes. Um, right. But that's, uh, that's the kind of the feeling of it is also in these rela- certain relationships um, hurt um, when yeah. I think of them. And then I'll also find that I will um, bait people into affirming me, which is not something mm-hmm. that Thor's ever think that they do. Like, I would never fish for right. compliments. <laughs> and it's, it's does, it's not exactly that, but it, but it is that um, yeah. because it's like, I will text someone and I'll be like, Hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. I hope you're having a good day. And I won't realize that I did that in order to get something in return until it's been like 12 hours and they haven't texted me back. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I can't believe they right. didn't respond. And that's when I realized like, oh, I did not do that out of the goodness of my heart. I, I wanted that. Oh my gosh, you're such a good friend. You're so godly. Right. I can't believe that you were thinking right. so sweet. How are you doing? <laughs> that's what I wanted. Yeah. Um, and that comes yeah. out a lot when, when I'm stressed. And sometimes I, I will find when I get out of those stress seasons that I'm holding things against people that I had baited mm-hmm. them into. Um, it was a right. one person signed contract that they had no idea they were entering into <laughs> right. um, that I have to let go of. But yeah, that's, right. that's what I can explain that like that going to two looks like for me, a lot of relationship um, focus. Yeah. And at at the end there, you answered my next question. I was going to ask you if you felt like you became all of a sudden needy of others' attention. Do you feel like with maybe your husband or people that you're extra close to, do you become all of a sudden kind of clingy with them? Do you ever feel? Yeah, I could, I can definitely see that as well. Um, Like it definitely, um, if there is any sort of conflict or things like that, I do not deal with it as well. It feels like them disconnecting or pulling away from me. Whereas yeah. in a more healthy state, I don't think I get that paranoid right. about things, which does make you feel more clingy or like wanting to repair things or even saying sorry or absorbing conflict when you normally wouldn't Yeah. Um, in order yeah. to repair a relationship. Right. What's your favorite thing about being a four? Oh, my favorite thing. Um, I have to say that I really, I really like, um, how empathetic I get towards other people's pain. Um, mm-hmm. I, f- I find that especially in some of the most painful parts of my life, people didn't know what to do with me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that felt like it almost, it made it worse because I was alone. And mm-hmm. I felt like me putting my pain onto other people was burdening them and making them sad when they didn't have to be. And so now I can see that gifting in myself so much more where I'm able to be with other people in pain and their pain doesn't yeah. scare me. 
um, I really do find that in those in those moments of someone having a traumatic thing happen or being in some sort of emotional pain that when I'm able to like be there with them and like not offer any advice like not feel like I have to fix it just be there um like that's kind of when my soul feels like this is what I'm supposed to do and like and that's one of the things I appreciate the most about the fours in my life when they can do that and one of the things that I see as the biggest strengths in myself Mm-hmm. that's good one thing I love about force too is how when you guys are healthy and living out that authenticity that you really encourage others and bring out that authenticity in others you because mm-hmm. for most other types it's hard there's some types that really struggle with being vulnerable and so many times we put out an image or something that isn't really what we're feeling isn't really where we're at in life and it's hard for others to, to be like that. And so a four comes along in their healthy state and they make authenticity seem so desirable and so healthy. And you have a very, very just natural way of allowing others to kind of sit down and just open up and step into that authenticity. And I love that about you guys. I think it's really, really helpful and really great. It's very inspiring to others. Yeah, no, that that is something I, I think I have appreciated about the fours in my life that like they kind of make the mess seem like there's purpose yeah. and they're really good at advocating for the, the authenticity in others. Yeah. 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 I think it's great. I really do. So what do you think would be your biggest struggle being a four? Oh, biggest struggle. Um, so um each type is connected to a deadly sin <laughs> and yeah, ours yeah. it just ha- so happens to be envy. And I think that that, that is especially a pain point in my life as well as like fours I've coached and fours I've talked to. Um, it is a really, it's a really difficult one because it's paralyzing. Um, mm. when, when you get this passion or this idea and it just gives you life, um, doing this thing or pursuing this thing. And then all of a sudden you look to the side and there's someone doing it better mm-hmm. and you're just like, Oh. Like I can never be me enough. Like nothing's ever going to be enough. I might as well quit now. I can't do this. Um, That is such a painful, a painful emotion. And like, really, I just see it as the enemy trying to stop the creative gifts in fours and how they reflect God and their creativity um, is by using envy. Um, And I would have never called myself an envious person before I knew about the Enneagram. I think I thought it was judgment because mm-hmm. that's kind of how, like, I thought I was just judgmental, um, because that's kind of how it came out in me was like, oh, I can't believe they're doing, or I would find a fault in what yeah. they're doing, and that's right. what I would fixate on, instead of really um, figure, realizing that I was being envious of them, right. and that's right. why that was coming out, and, like, it's just one of those areas that, like, I still, to the, I still just wish I was healthier in, and I know I'm growing in it because I can, right. I can work it out in myself emotionally and be like, okay, what's going on here? What's happening? Yeah. Is that a lie? Is that truth? Like, what are we believing? Um, but it's still like the people that are in my same lane, sort of speak. Um, I can't follow them with like mm. good intentions or like see their work all the time. I can't have it in front of me all the time because it feels paralyzing to me. And as much as I want to have that community over competition, and it's not like I feel competitive with them. It just literally is like they discourage me. (laughs) Um, And I really wish that wasn't true. Like I really 
want to be healthier in that area. And as I said, I do think I'm growing, but it's one of the areas that I can still see like, um, like people will mention people and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't follow them. I don't think I can yet. <laughs> um, just for my own mental health. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But that is particularly right. a pretty, a pretty big weakness pain point of us in general. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think that's good that you mentioned it too, because I was talking to a group of fours recently and we were talking about how with those deadly sins or weaknesses, um, you can kind of look around the diagram and say, well, everybody kind of deals with all of those things. You know, how does envy look different in a four than anyone else? And we were talking about how with a four, it's kind of that constant. There's just always something missing. You have this ideal of what you would like to see in your life or what you are hoping to happen in your life. And then there's just this void all the time that just can't seem to be filled. And so you look at those other people and just never seem like you feel like everyone's always just a step ahead of you. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of, that's what they were telling me. Is that what kind of resonate with you? Definitely. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't all of a sudden it gets so discouraging because it doesn't feel like it's within your control. Like you are doing all you can do and all these other people are doing it better. They're more, they're happier. They're like, whatever it is. Um, and of course, obviously on social media, we're seeing a shell of what's going on, which I don't think has been super helpful to fours in general. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, definitely. Um, I, it does have a lot to do with that. I'm missing something and thus I like, I can't do anything about this. It's not like I can just work harder, try harder to be happier. Like something deeply wrong with me and my marrow to make it so that I can't, I can't push past this. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, the force just need that constant reminder that to kind of step outside of their world and realize that other people are looking around and see them and see mm-hmm. qualities in you, for example, as a four, and are, are having that same feeling like, oh man, Elizabeth is doing it so well. Like, why can't I be doing it <laughs> like she's doing? You know, just to kind of flip it yeah. around and realize other people probably see what I'm doing and think that I'm so much farther ahead than they are, you know? But it's just hard to get out of that. Yeah. I mean, even you two years ago, like yourself two years ago, looking at you now, like, yeah. It just kind of proves how it, enough is, is never enough. <laughs> right. There's always someone who is doing more, better, um, whatever than, than you are doing. So yeah, it's going to be yeah. that at every single stage. Right. Right. Just having to learn to be content with and knowing that where you are and what you're doing now is what matters mm-hmm. and what's important. And yeah, God's got that next step. <laughs> um, so what, do you think that you need from others or the people that are closest to you in your life to be able to be your healthiest version? What can others do to help you? Hmm. I think it's a, so it's a very delicate mix of um, understanding and um, like encouragement towards getting out of what I feel like I want to be understood. <laughs> um, right. So, cause all four is long to be understood. That's part of how we feel like, I wouldn't feel like I had this missing thing if people just understood me. Um, But so I want that. I want a piece of understanding. I want someone to put their hand on my shoulder and be like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Like, yeah, you're doing as best as you can. But then I also need them at the same time to be like, but look what's ahead and encourage you towards it. And like, we don't need to wallow here. We don't need to stay here. Um, 
and yeah, it's a really, it's a pretty delicate mix, but I find if, if someone can harness both of those things equally, I find, um, especially the nines in my life, they tend to do that pretty well of, mm-hmm. um, both understanding and pushing forward. Um, and I would say that's probably one of the most helpful things for people to do to fours. Right. It's really good. Um, before we wrap up, I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit more about the services that you offer, uh, the, all that you're doing with, um, your coaching and everything, and also how we can find you, how the listeners can find you, um, online. Can you share with us those things? Yeah, of course. So, um, my biggest platform is going to be, um, Instagram where me and my husband have the page at Enneagram.life, um, mm-hmm. that we host that I teach the Enneagram on, um, our, my website is Elizabeth It's Elizabeth spelled with an S Bennett with two N's and two T's. Um, and that's where you find all the information about my coaching and training. Um, so right now I do a lot of one-on-one coaching, usually helping people find their type or, or helping right. them in those next steps of like, okay, I know I'm this number. What can I do to grow? Right. Um, so I do a lot of those. I probably, um, I, I at least do two nights a week where I'm coaching and I absolutely love it. It really fills me with life. Um, it helps me oh, good. Um, feel like uh, helping other people feel understood and helping encourage yeah. them in their authentic self, which is really cool. So okay. I do that. Um, I do some couple sessions as well, as well as doing big groups, um, which I love as well. Um, my were other, you, sorry, were you um, certified with your Enneagram coach? Um, yes, with, you... yeah, with Beth McCord. Yes, okay. I, was I was too. I figured you probably were. Yeah, that's, um, tends to be the biggest online Christian one that yeah. <laughs> they used to find. So yeah, I was certified through her a year ago is when I started my coaching career. Okay. And since then, yeah, it's been, it's been busy and taken off and I absolutely love it. The most fulfilling I've ever felt in any sort of anything I got paid for. So that's, oh, that's great. That's really cool. Um, yeah. And then also on our side as well, um, taking part of Beth's lead, I also train people in how to coach. Um, just because I worked through a lot of the bugs on my own. Um, I, I do a very, um, conversation led coaching style. Mm -hmm. And so I teach people in that method of coaching and then certify them through our brand Enneagram life. Um, if they would like to become certified Enneagram coaches. So we open up for students for that in January and June. That's when we do that. Um, our website as well. Um, I also run the page fourish underscore and I know it, which is a community all for fours. So if you guys okay. just learned you are four through this podcast, you should come join us. Um, find out that you're not crazy um, and that <laughs> other people do things the way you do. That's a lot of the, the messages I get. Like I never knew that other people struggled with this. Yeah, we all do. Um, and that I is, say, say that again, that's fourish. Fourish and then the under dash. And uh-huh. I know it. Okay. Um, and you and I'll like, put that. I'll put that in the notes too. So yeah. Um, so our, the mother page, so my page, Enneagram life, we have one of these for each type. So it's one ish and I know it, two ish and I know it, three ish. Okay. I, I run the okay. four one cause I am a four, but uh, people of other okay. types run the other ones. And so okay. pretty cool little communities. Um, yeah, very cool. Yeah. And then the and, other thing we are working on, which will be, um, the most updated on our website and everything like that is, um, I'm currently working on publishing Enneagram devotionals with Whitaker yeah. House Publishing. 
And so the first three of which will be coming out this September, we are publishing nine twos and fours first. Okay. Um, So all of those ones are done, ready to be published and will be out in people's hands in September, which is super really exciting. exciting. It's basically um, 60 days worth of mini coaching. (laughs) Um, Okay. Leading you through biblical truths. Um, We take 10 days in like a strength of your type, a weakness of your type, um, something to encourage you in, something to convict you in. And then we go through the integration and disintegration numbers all for 10 days each. Um, So they're very needy little, little books. And um, yeah, I know they're going to do a lot of good in people's hands. So we're doing those first three in September, six months later in March, we are publishing one sixes and sevens. And then um, a year from the first publishing date. So next September, 2021, we'll be publishing three fives and eights. Okay. Uh, is this something that you're doing on your own with your husband or? So I am the author of all these devotionals, but I did okay. partner with one or two people of each type um, okay. with writing them that, um, that are, that write some of the devotionals. Okay. Um, so you're not just hearing from me for 60 days. Um, if you are a different type, you hear from other people of your own type um, right. throughout those days, um, which I think is really cool. I didn't really want to do it any other way. I knew that like, yeah. As a four, I have my strengths, um, and as a teacher of the Enneagram, I, I know that well, but I also didn't want to assume too much. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> I, can't, I can't be like, oh, me too, to everything. So yeah, have some yeah. people helping with those. So yeah, each of the books has um, guests that write devotionals on them, which is really neat. That's really exciting. Okay, and we'll be able to find those on your Instagram and on your website and yep. everything. Okay, very exciting. Well, we'll be looking forward to seeing those and getting a copy of those. That's really exciting. Congratulations for that. Oh, thank you. I know it's a really, a really exciting thing. Yeah. Well, good. I mean, this has been great. Is there anything you'd like to add about a type four before we close up? Oh, um, I or in general. Yeah, in general. <laughs> um, just for type fours, for those of you who love type fours, um, I just want to say that we know we're a lot. Sometimes we know <laughs> our emotions are a lot. We know everyone does not feel how we as strongly as we do. Um, and I just want to encourage all of you that love type type fours that you're doing good work and that we do really, really appreciate the love other people pour into us. Um, and we understand some of the patience that it takes. And so I want to thank you guys. And then if you are a type four, um, I want to say that, yes, you know, you're a lot sometimes, but you're also deeply and fully loved and mm-hmm. made in the image of God. And um, people need you. They don't need yeah. you to hide your talents and your gifts because someone else can do it better. That's we need good. you specifically. So yeah. get your butt out there. Do what, do what you're meant to do. Very good. Very good. I think that's a good way to close. Thank you again for being here tonight. I know that this is going to be helpful to others that know they're a type four or that are needing to discover that or that live with a type four, um, love a type four. And I know that this will be something that can help them in their journey. So thank you again for sharing with us and for being with us tonight. Yeah. Well, thank you to Misty. 
To get to know today's guest even more, you will find links to their personal accounts in the episode notes. Thank you for listening to the Discover Freedom podcast. Continue to learn more about the Enneagram by following along on Instagram at Enneagram underscore Discover Freedom. You can also find me online at www.mistyescobar.net to learn more about the coaching services that I offer. This is Misty Escobar, and I hope you'll connect with me again next week as we hear from another Enneatype.